you need to think of who you want to be and embody it. All these people that you meet and you think they have it all, they're just like you. You can do exactly what they're doing. Just define what that means to you and then act that way. I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish with The Skin. We've run into so many questions over the years and had so many moments where we needed advice and we got it from women who'd been there. And that's what we're bringing you with this show. Each week, we're helping you get what you want out of your career by talking to the smartest leaders we know. Because we know your work life is a lot more than nine to five. All right, let's get into it. Today, our guest is Melissa Beneshai. She is the founder of the national cupcake brand Baked by Melissa, which you can buy in one of their retail stores or on their website, bakedbymelissa.com. Melissa's journey as a founder actually starts with her getting fired, and we're going to get into that. It's been 14 years since she started her business, and Melissa took on a new job at the company as CEO in 2019. Melissa, we are so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to 9 to 5-ish. Thank you for having me, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Before we get into the conversation, we like to do a warm-up. Quick lightning round, quick questions, quick answers. You ready? I'm ready. First job on your resume? Telerep. And it was terrible. It was like the office, but I made good friends. And that's where I made the first batch of tie-dye cupcakes. Do you have a secret hobby or skill? Chopping. <laughs> that's a good one. Where'd you learn it? It's an, a skill acquired over time. My husband and I both love to cook. Do you have any like war wounds from chopping? Oh, sure do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's so tough. One thing, it would be like a sandwich that has all the things that I love. <laughs> Favorite baked by Melissa cupcake? Peanut butter and jelly. Do you ever get sick of eating a cupcake? Never. Never. I love dessert. <laughs> How many have you eaten in one day? Many. Like, I, well, when we first started the company, I had no self-control. I think it was actually 4th of July because we had these red, white, and blue tie-dye cupcakes. And I, I easily ate like 23. What drives you? The people I love. And me. I, I do it for me. I love it. It makes me so happy to work hard towards things I love. When you were a kid, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? As per my dad, when I was a kid, he used to tell me I can do anything. But I never really knew what that meant. I wasn't one of those people who knew what I was going to do. Last show you binge watched? Not good at watching television. Oh, how do you like zone out? I stare at my phone. <laughs> that is the worst answer. <laughs> I, I stare. I watch TikTok is what I do. What was the last show we binged watched though? We do. We get into shows. We just finished the last season of Ozark. Oh, okay. Which that was, was good. good. Acceptable answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If there was a movie about Baked by Melissa, who would be playing you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, your dad I, said it could be anything. I'm, You're not be good anything. At, yeah. I'm not good at thinking who would be me other than me. Somebody great. Somebody beautiful, smart, talented yes. that everybody loves. So we're going to get into the heart of the story. But I actually, before I even ask the questions, I remember when we interviewed you last time, you talked a lot about your dad and advice he gave. I want you to remind me your dad's advice. I think it's really important to know it before we get into the story. What makes metal steel, baby? Extreme heat. What does that mean? I know you guys can relate to this. Being in roles like ours is really f***ing hard. 
And there are times, for me especially, which is why I'm borderline sociopathic now, I've been through a lot, as you guys have too, I'm certain of. And at the beginning, when it was the first few years, I would get really upset over things that I was right to feel upset over. And I would act emotionally and I would call my dad crying and he would say, what makes metal steel, baby? Extreme heat. And guess what? He was so right. Even going through COVID as a mom with two small kids, I had friends who were like, oh, my God, my kids are going to be so screwed up from this. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to get through it. We're going to be better for it. And that's the steal that came from all that other stuff. So do you feel like you are almost like immune to stress because there's so much that you just like let it roll off of you? Or do you feel like you're numb? I've seen the way emotion impacts business and decision making. From the day we started Baked by Melissa, I knew I needed to do everything I possibly could to achieve my goal of baking cupcakes for a living, truly. Like, I had such an incredible opportunity, and I won't let anything, anything stand in the way of that. Not COVID, nothing. And so I will not let my emotion get in the way of achieving my goals. I love that sentence. I want to put that on a t-shirt. I love that sentence. But the other side of it, do you ever feel like what you're talking about? Like, I'm not going to let anything get in my way is also emotional because it's passion, right? It's passion, but passion is determination and motivation. Well, I think there's actually a really clear distinction in what you're describing, which is we've talked about this before. It would piss me off so much when people would, women get this a lot in the workplace, like you're being emotional about this issue. And it's like, well, no, my whole livelihood is dependent on this issue. But what you're describing is like, don't let that emotion be your obstacle. Well, actually, recent, like last, two weeks ago, when I received a text message at night that I wasn't anticipating, which automatically emotion is triggered when you're surprised by something, especially when it's important to you. And I picked up my phone and I see this long text message related to business and it made me emotional. And I read it. I put my phone down and I said, I am not responding to this text right now. And I wanted to understand how I felt before I responded the next morning at 9 a.m. and I wake up at 5 a.m. I think it's very important to be able to do that, especially in business. So I want to talk about emotion and how it relates to a really important part of your story, which is the emotion around getting fired. Take us back. So I was 24. I am 38 years old. So I was 24 years old. I didn't know anything that I know today, truly. I was in my second job out of college working at Deutsch Advertising. On the Tylenol account, it was very boring. <laughs> but it was boring because I wasn't passionate about the work I was doing. I was staying at work till 11 p.m., printing out decks for meetings like that I wasn't even a part of, having my supervisor proofread emails before I sent them. It wasn't for me. And at the time, I knew my goal was just to find something that made me feel fulfilled. I was called to HR on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. I thought I was getting promoted. How dumb was I? And I got fired and I was sad. I felt like a failure. The only other thing that happened to me like that was junior year of high school. I didn't make JV volleyball. I went back to my cubicle. I pick up my phone. I call my brother crying. Said I got fired. He said, without hesitation, don't worry. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. Come to my office. So I got in a taxi, went to his office on 38th and 8th. And we always wanted to go into business together. He's such an entrepreneur. Newer, always thinking is he older? Yes, three years older than me. Best friend. He said, go home, bake your cupcakes. We'll start a business together. So you had always been baking? 
At the time of being fired, I was known for my tie-dye cupcakes. How do you feel like the experience of being let go changed you in the way that you seemed like you were able to immediately pivot? Did you know that you had that in you? At the time, it wasn't immediate. There's always good. Good comes from everything. Now I know for certain that those terrible, hard, freaking days are the best days. That's when change happens. And that's how that day affected me. And the truth is, the reason why I'm sitting here talking to you guys is because that's my attitude towards challenge. Absolutely. Like, I hire for that attitude. What advice do you have for someone who is listening to this just got fired or has that feeling in the pit of their stomach that they're going to get fired and are probably are looking at a big change. If you have the feeling in your stomach that you're going to get fired, start looking for another job. You probably shouldn't be there. And if they do fire you, they're doing you a favor. We spend more time working than doing anything else. So you need to love it. And it's trial and error. And today, I think more than ever is a great time to go get another job. It's an employee's market out there. You talked in the past about faking it till you make it. And in the early days, you did a lot of cold calling. I think one of the biggest fears that people have is cold calling, making contact when you don't have contacts. How did you get through that? Like, how did you get over that? Honestly, I just recently got over that. I, I think confidence is earned through experience. And in order to get to a place where you're earning your confidence, you need to think of who you want to be and how you want to be perceived and embody it. All these people that you meet and you think they're so cool or they have it all, get to know them better. They're just like you. They have their weaknesses. They have their baggage. They're so insecure, by the way. The ones who appear to be the most confident aren't. So you can do it. You can do exactly what they're doing. Just define what that means to you and then act that way. One of the things about being an entrepreneur that I think gets overlooked is just how lonely it is. And you've talked about that. How did you get through it? I think it keeps getting more lonely, actually. Hmm. I actually agree I with you. I think as you get older, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you go more on this unique path, right? And as an entrepreneur, it is very lonely. But I think I've never valued relationships as much as I do today. I'm struck by, you know, we're sitting here, Danielle and I are co-founders. You started this with a brother who you're still so close to. We're all very lucky that we have partnership in what we do. And it's still so lonely. And I think it's like really obvious, like the three of us are staring at each other and like kind of emotional about it because we all clearly feel like how lonely it can be. And I'm wondering for those that are listening, whether they have a co-founder or not, whether they're thinking of starting them something on their own. What is your advice around how to protect yourself against that? I think everybody feels lonely. And I guarantee like everyone listening is like, I feel lonely too. And I'm not an entrepreneur, you know, and my brother is my co-founder, but we've been through it. Mm -hmm. He sits on the board at Baked by Melissa, but he's not involved in the day to day and he lives on the other side of the world. So it stinks. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because you've worked with your brother. Your husband is part of the business too. What's your approach to how do you, team building and managing and having... How do you work with your family? Yeah. Well, I prioritize my family. And that doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. There absolutely are challenges when you work with your family. And I have them. I have had them, I guess. I think structure, 
organization. My husband does not report to me and he never will because that would not work. He reports to my incredible CFO. But structure and accountability, truly. And you can't overlap. Everyone needs to have their own accountability. In 2019, you were named the interim CEO of Baked by Melissa. What was that like for you? Now, that's something I could cry just thinking about. That was the single most, I could, um, it's, it was the most emotional thing that's ever happened to me or that has happened in my entire career. I worked with my big brother and he was the CEO. And there, what you guys do is incredible. I guess if you were siblings, it would probably be much more challenging, but he was in charge. And then we hired another CEO when he needed to go fly and be his entrepreneurial self. And he was a true partner to me. He kind of like empowered me to be a leader. Did you put your hat in the ring? No, I didn't want to be CEO of Baked by Melissa. I had the life. I mean, I focused on product, marketing, creative, social, the things that I'm best at. Did the PR, obviously. And there was someone else who was responsible for the P&L because... Know your strengths. Yes. So unfortunately, we had to part ways with our CEO, who was my best friend. And, and he is an incredible human. And it was December 5th, 2019. I went into my investor's office and I was like, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. I'm freaking out. But I'm like, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. I had a board call at 6 p.m. that night. And like without hesitation, they're like, "Okay, Melissa will be interim CEO. I remember like looking at my husband. They're like, they're making me CEO. And I was like, "Okay." I did want it deep down, but I didn't think I could do it, you know, so far out of my comfort zone, which is an incredible thing when you find yourself feeling nervous because that's when the growth happens. And I knew that at the time. So I listened to Rocky on my walk to the subway the next morning. And then I gave this speech to everyone. And it was December 5th. We are knee deep in holiday execution. I I literally gave that speech just as I was like, now get back to work, like go and execute holiday. And we had a record-breaking holiday. Then six weeks after Christmas is Valentine's Day. We broke all the records from previous years under my leadership. So slowly, slowly, I was getting my wings. I was feeling more confident. And then what, three weeks after Valentine's Day came the global pandemic and where nobody knows how to be a CEO. Nobody knows. I I, I remember deciding to close the stores was very difficult and, and emotional for me. It's my team. My team is is the reason I get to do what I love every day and we get to create this magical business together. But again, nobody's telling us what to do as leaders. Like there's no guidance. Like you just hear that there's this deadly disease. So we closed our stores. We did have to do layoffs the following week. We changed all of our marketing messaging. We found ourselves really with a booming e-com business. We were celebrating so many birthdays in lockdown. We got to be that one smile of the day during the scariest times. 2020, there was no playbook. Navigating COVID as a, as a business owner or leader is all gut, you know? And I was just like, gut here, gut there. And that's how I learned that I'm good at it. I remember one of our board members in the middle of that like super dark period where like everyone was talking about layoffs, either they had done it or they were going to do another round. And I remember, and this is, you know, a CEO multiple times built and like serial entrepreneur. He was like, you do realize that you guys are so lucky in a way to be able to get this experience at this point in your career, being in your 30s and going through the hardest leadership challenge that 
any CEO has ever faced is going to set you up for so much success. And I think that's when it hit me that like, oh, yeah, like no one knows knows what what they're they're doing. doing, So there's no right or wrong way. Yeah. 2020 was fun. 2021 was the hardest year of my career. And quite honestly, it's still really challenging. These are crazy times. Like, Today, still crazy times. Yeah. Part of, I think, what's, you know, we talked about loneliness around being CEO. And I think part of what I find lonely about it is like you're supposed to be the one in charge and like the, the kind of steady hand. But like if you have the vulnerability, like the stuff you're you're working through, like it's not necessarily appropriate to put it in front of the people that are looking to you to guide them. And if there's a positive, I think, through the pandemic, it's that like we all had to lead with empathy and vulnerability. And to me, that was while beyond stressful, it was actually comforting in a way where it was like, I think as everyone has cried at some point in front of their teams or with their teams in the last two years, everyone has felt burnout probably multiple times in the last two years. So I just really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Do you feel now in 2022, like you are the CEO and like you're good at it? I am absolutely the CEO and I'm absolutely good at it. I love ending there. Melissa, I love talking to you always. Thank you so much for for joining us. I love talking to you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of 9 to 5-ish with The Skim. A new episode will be in your feed again next Wednesday. In the meantime, check out our news podcast, Skim This. Every Thursday, we cover what you need to know each week in 30 minutes or less. And we've also got another podcast, pop cultured with the skin where each week we're covering the pop culture moment everyone's talking about new episodes drop every tuesday